Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, you there. Do you like independent wrestling? Do you want to see some of the best independent wrestling from around the world? Then we're here to help. WrestleTalk are proud to launch our newest show, WrestleTalk Showcase, where we highlight some of the best up-and-coming talent on the planet and shine a light on some promotions that don't get enough exposure. That includes some of the promotions we've already partnered with, like WrestleGate Pro, which held the first ever AEW match between Hangman Page and Pac, and Will Ospreay's new promotion, Frontline. The first episode, which features WrestleTalk Scholarship winner Callum Newman, as well as highlights of a great match between Osprey and Robbie X, is available now for free on our YouTube channel. We're really proud of the show, and we'd love it if you did too. Support WrestleTalk, support indie wrestling. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk, home of Lou Gowen. Support WrestleTalk, whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven, nevermore. Support WrestleTalk, do it, bro. But you really should support WrestleTalk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Was that the best ladder match ever? I'm Ollie Davis. This is Luke Owen. Welcome to this special edition of the Wrestle Ramble, where we'll be reviewing Saturday nights all out from AEW, the last All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view of the pre-TV era. Plus, 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 plus the thumbs up button. Plus, subscribe. Please give <laughs> us a comment down below with your thoughts of the show, but also get your su- 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 super chats in because we are joined by King Chopper Whopper. Hello, Chopper of the morning slash afternoon slash evening slash night. Hi. Hi, Pete. Hi. How's it going? Good, yeah. I'm tired after the weekend, but other than that, good. Oh, you're tired. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah we, we, we did the whole show. You, you fell did. asleep in the Dark Order match. I did. You're not wrong. <laughs> Another big bit of news. But that came from this show. Mm-hmm. This will be the first time, we'll, we'll have to refer to this as All Out 2019. Yes. Because Tony Khan announced at the end of the show, after this has happened, Chicago Labor Day weekend will always be All Out. Yeah. So we're going to have 
All Out 2020 next year, or maybe it'll be All Out 2. Will that be their WrestleMania then, I I'm suppose? I'm guessing this is their WrestleMania yeah. now, yeah. And you'll have your, I don't know what the, I guess your SummerSlam as Double or Nothing in Las Vegas, because that was another thing, yeah. Destination Weekends. Yes, exactly. That's the way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, well, so this is, yeah, this is officially now All Out 2019 or All Out Uno. All Out Zero. All out. Well, that was all in. All out year one. <laughs> they should call it year one and year two. Yeah, oh, I like cool. it. Uh, right, so our opening discussion point, and then we'll get on to a proper play-by-play of the whole pay-per-view, was the semi-main maybe should have been the main. Well, that has been the big discussion point around the old social media over the last 24 hours, is should this have been the main event? There are those... And I can, I can see both sides of the argument here. There are those who think, yes, it should have been because it was the craziest match and that was going to be the one. And that was the match that the crowd reacted most to. You want to put that on last. And the crowd really struggled to then get into Hangman and Jericho for the title because, I mean, we saw a Canadian destroyer off a ladder through a table. It's very then hard to be like, now react to my back elbow. Mm. Like, it's a bit, bit harder to, to go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You give it its proper name. Well, I was just talking about when Hangman pays us. I'm talking about the Judas effect. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. Oh, baby. <laughs> that is not just a back elbow. That's not just a back elbow. It's it the is, most devastating move. It is. Well, I mean, people just can't kick out of it. No. Um, so there's that side of the argument. There's the other argument, which is, well, it was for the title, for the AW, AWA, AEW title. Uh, it was the first championship. It's Chris Jericho. And also, someone made the point, or I've seen a few people make the point, this was for the AAA tag title. So do you want to put another promotion's titles above your own one in the main events? Yes. It's like, in the grand scheme of things, yes, this should definitely be the main event. For this night, however, and how you've positioned Hangman Page as really a mid-card act, unfortunately... Uh, going against Chris Jericho for the inaugural world championship and they put on the match that they did which was a very good match but it was 25 minutes at the end of a long show that didn't really connect with the crowd in the way they would have hoped to and it followed two excellent matches before it that's it yeah really really good matches immediately following the match like I've never seen anything like it in terms of insane high spots and, and ladders it really does I think back to WrestleMania X8, and this isn't quite a fair comparison because that's one of those shows where people look back at it in hindsight and be like, Rock Hogan should have main evented because Jericho Triple H was never going to follow it. I mean, they also had a terribly boring match, so I mean, that was, all, that was going to be an error regardless, but really, Rock Hogan should have gone on last. I just wonder in 10 years' time, will we look back on All Out Year One and say, oh man, they really should have put that ladder match on last. I, I think on paper, you've got to put your world title match on last, especially it's the inaugural one, Chris Jericho's name in there. So you booked yourself into that corner where you have to do it, Yeah. but they should have built it better. I actually think my overall feelings on this show, because I love the show. Yes, I've been, I've been yes. thinking about it a lot for the last 24 hours. I thought this was, and I've seen people be really down on it. We saw people being down on it when we were doing the live stream, but I thought it was a tremendous show. With only a hand, like a, a very small handful of exception mm. things, which I wasn't massively keen on. But I think my big takeaway from this was it was the structure of the show that I think has turned a few people off on it. I think the the placing of the Dark Order best friends match, which then affected the women's match after that, and what actually being on the card. Well, yeah, you could say, you certainly could say that. Yes. So I I think that that would be the one thing I'll always look back on the show is match placement. 
is is might not have been its strongest. Uh, is it wasn't its strongest game. I must also lay out that all our criticism towards AEW in this show is like high level nitpicky criticism because you know this is a review show. We are going to hold AEW to a very high standard. If we held weekly Raw and WWE pay-per-views to the standard we're about to hold all out to, it would be crucified. Like This, this is a, a logical show that appeals to an adult audience and the style of in-ring wrestling was far beyond anything WWE have put on for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, they put on the good angle here and there. SummerSlam was fun, kind of half ironically though. And but this this was this was genuinely superb, and with all that criticism that's coming is you know very nitpicky stuff. Yeah, and I think the people who have watched this show and be like, no, it was terrible. I wasted my money buying this. I think it's probably because you got your, you know, your expectations at a very lofty level, and if they've not been met, then obviously it's terrible. Mm. Like I think that that's the only way I can think to describe it. I think Stephen Larson actually put it. Sorry. I was oh no, no, I was just going to say CM Punk. <laughs> well, there's that as well. Stephen Larson like, made that point, which is that you know we don't know what an, an AEW A show really looks like at this point. We don't know what a B show looks like at this point. So we're kind of like we're sort of in a learning phase at the moment of what AEW shows, like what our expectations should be of AEW shows coming out of them. All in, all out, double or nothing. Those are A shows. Fight a fest, fight for the fall, and the B shows. But do you think then that those so fight for the fall and fight a fest should be the level we'd expect at a B show level? Because there might be people that thought, well, that fight a fest was better than all out. Yeah, there were yeah. those who thought it was better than double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about a match that I think is is inarguably a big match. Like this is a match they went into the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks and thought, we are genuinely going to try and have the best ladder match ever because this is a, this is a very important show to us. We want to put on the, the peak performance of our careers. And they went out there and delivered. It's also the culmination of this feud because we, this feud started at Double or Nothing, continued on through AAA, and it continued into Fighter Fest and concludes here. So this should have be- felt like the blow-off to this feud. And it did feel like the blow-off to this feud, because, I mean, holy heckins, these, these four lads went out there and thought, let's just do high spots for 40 minutes, or for half an hour. We'll do high spots for half an hour, and then we'll have a finish. Yeah, there, there wasn't much in the way of traditional psychology and storytelling. You got that from Cody, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's different offerings, yeah. That's it. Like, there wasn't Matt selling the back like he can really fantastically do for half the match. The, the only real bit of story in there was neither team are going to give up, both teams are going to try and kill themselves to retain or win the belts, and occasionally you'll get a spot that's mirrored later on. Yeah. It's re- like, it really was not just a, a show of we are going to prove we're better than the other team. It's, we are going to outdo you. And you had a lot of spots like that where, say, I think it was Nick and Phoenix were on the outside on, right, yeah. on the apron, and both Matt and Penta ran through. And did they spear them both yeah, through the tables spin- outside? Something like that, yeah. And then later on, there was a similar spot where it was Nick and Phoenix this time. No, I, I was, yes, that's right, yeah, sorry. On the very top of some very tall ladders, and they did a big splashes, stereo splashes, on their opposing numbers through tables below. So it's just like, anything you can do, I can do better. Which, you know, that's enough of a story, and then you can hang on all these crazy spots. Yeah, and it was... Oh, man, I mean, you 
we could spend an entire show just running through all of these crazy spots and just going into each one of them in detail. We've got a whole other show to, to review, mm. so we can't really do that. But I would say, I, my feelings on this match were, it's the craziest ladder match I've ever seen. And I think I would hold it up there with, I will look back on this match with the same level of reverence I do for those original TLC matches with the Dudleys, Edge and Christian and the Hardys, particularly TLC 1 and 2 and the triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania. So I think I would always look at that sort of trilogy of matches and this match here is like, oh, those are the best ladder matches I've ever seen. But by that same token, there got to a point in this match where I was like, I can't take any more of this. Like you and I during this live stream, we were like, after a while, we're just like, I, I'm so scared for everyone involved in this match. Because it turns out that a Canadian Destroyer off the top of a ladder through a table wasn't the big spot of the match. Canadian <laughs> Destroyers aren't, aren't anything these days. You do those on the apron to, yeah. to set up your next move. It, it was like that was a setup move for, for future spots down the line. Mm. And then it was, it, for me, it was the Nick going through the table spot where I really started to feel uncomfortable watching the match. Well, I think it's because everything before that point and that was the very end of the match was like under five minutes left everything before that the performers were in control mm-hmm. you know they were very risky dangerous bumps but they took all the bumps perfectly yeah you know they're going through the middle of the tables landing on the ladders and ladders not hitting people in faces everything was controlled unsafety controlled recklessness <laughs> yeah. right controlled chaos yeah but when Nick was pushed off the ladder outside and he was meant to go through two tables, he lost control. And his leg caught the top rope that sort of catapulted him. Oh, so fast. Slung him in really fast just through the first table rather than the, the two tables that were set up. And that, that, was, that was a botch. It was a mistake. He was no longer in control. So that's when I start to get worried, you know, the, when people are getting injured. Because the next spot after that was when Matt was up on the ladder and Pentagon pushed it. Because he was, in character-wise, mad because Matt had taken off his mask, Matt then took this insane bumper. He essentially landed on the bits in between the ladders. And it just looked like he was not in control of that mm. fall. And the ladder was not, like, there was no control of where the ladder was pushed and how he fell. And then you followed that up with the assisted pile driver onto, an, onto a ladder bridge. And I'm just, I was like, I'm, I'm tapping out here. I'm, yeah. I'm done. But if those spots were done and they weren't out of control, like if, if Nick went through those two tables if he'd have done and the he big, didn't catch his leg. Bubba Dudley, Matt Hardy, exactly, jumped yeah. to the... Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel no, that No, I wouldn't have followed that way either. So, so, yeah, I think, you know, it went wrong and it's uncomfortable. It's a, high ri- it's a very high-risk match. And when you don't nail every single insane, impossible spot you've got to do... It's unco- it becomes an uncomfortable viewing experience because it takes me out of it because I'm now worried about you as a person and your safety as opposed to wrestlers' yeah. safety. And I've seen some people who were there live, Married Marks talking about this, uh, they got to a point where they're like, I don't really want to watch that. I'm, just, I'm actually terrified for the people mm. that are in the ring because they apparently don't give an F yeah. and they're just going to continue going. You see uh, Matt's tweet about it. Because what the match was called, it was Stairway to Heaven or whatever it was, Escalator del Muerte or whatever it was. So I'm, I'm not a native Spanish speaker. No way. I, <laughs> I know I hide it so no well. No mass. So, but he said, I don't want to be in that type of match ever again. Yeah. And his wife retweeted going like, yeah, I second that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it did get scary at the end. But everything beforehand, absolutely incredible. Oh, God, it was I, good. The, there were spots that I, like... I go, oh, I'd always thought about if they did that. 
But then they started doing spots that I'd never even thought about before. And then they went one above that. And then they just kept on topping what I thought was possible. And just like the seamlessness of some, some of the stuff that Nick Jackson does, and Phoenix, to be honest, the way he like hops up springboards and, yeah. and does a move. Just, just brilliant. Absolutely incredible. You've got to wonder, like when we saw those Hardys, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian ladder matches mm. 20 years ago, you know, near enough 20 years ago now. And we were like, my God, I've never seen anything like it. We're now 20 years past that. We're going like, I've never seen anything like it. What a ladder match is going to be like in another 20 years time. Like, where can you go yeah. from here? Yeah, it's like when you watch back old Dynamite Kids spots. And, <laughs> yeah. and people at the time are like, whoa, whoa. this is mind-blowing. You're changing an industry. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like pretty much every Ring of Honor match from the <laughs> yeah. mid-noughties. So it's like, it's like, where does the industry go that's from right, there yeah. in, in ring styles? Um, overall, though... I, I, I thought this was an incredible match. It wasn't a story-based match. No. You know, that, that's why we didn't say best really on here because I think there's an argument for like those Jericho-Benoit clashes Absolutely, yeah. and uh, obviously Razor and Sean. Although that's, you know, they, they did a lot itself. But for, for story-based matches, this was a very much crazy spot-filled match. But it will be one of the most memorable ladder matches of all time. Definitely top five best ladder matches of all time. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. I think that it's in the same vein that Randy will Randy Orton will not take bumps in a ladder match. For the few amount of bumps that he'll take in a ladder match, they went the complete opposite direction of that. They were like, oh, you're going to take less than one bump. I'm going to take a million bumps then. The universe has corrected the average. <laughs> Randy Orton, young bucks. Uh, the, the, the only other very minor criticism is that, of course, Pentagon and Phoenix retained their AAA tag titles. We won't see the AAA tag belts on AEW again. I think it was just the placeholder, really. It was very much so. I think that's actually been more or less... Yeah. That's, Mike Johnson said as much. Until... AEW introduced their own world tag team titles. Um, but they're Pentagon and Phoenix are on the top of the ladders. They're celebrating. And they don't get enough of a celebration for the nature of that match. Yeah. I think it would have been a more effective angle for what came next was if you allowed all four guys to sort of respectfully shake each other's hands in the ring. And that's when the former LAX yeah. debut and beat them all up. I No, I completely agree with mm. you. I think I, as, as a way to nitpick, yeah, I, I could agree with that. And to add to that, one of the reasons you probably shouldn't have put this match on last, where if you have two guys randomly run down in masks uh, at, the, at the end of your show, yeah. and it's not CM Punk, <laughs> then yeah. you're setting yourself up for, for disappointment. But now let's look at the positives of yes. all of this, because... LAX are in AEW. Oh baby. Oh baby. I'm so thrilled. Like it's I'm I it's funny if I was talking to a, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours about this when we were down the pub the other week, that when this new version of LAX debuted, my instant reaction was to be like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely you're no not thanks. homicide. Oh, you're not Hernandez. Yeah. Get out, mate. But over the years, they've been like, they are far and away better than the original version of LAX. And yeah. the matches that they had in Impact were it's a shame that no one really cares much about impact these days it is and it's a real shame because those guys were just tearing it up with the lucha brothers with homicide and hernandez some of the matches they've had have been absolutely bonkers mm. and just like insane of like storytelling wise and like spot wise <clears throat> that i'm just now super excited to see them in AEW and when you look at that roster of tag teams uh, it's the best tag team roster on the planet, right? When the Revival joined there too. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
It's yeah, it, it, it's so exciting to that tag division. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, but shall we get over to our su- 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 super chats to see what you guys thought? So, uh, first off, we've got Tim Arntz. Uh, comes in, obviously Tim Arntz first, saying, Who do you guys think will be going after Jericho next? I think Meltzer had a good argument for Cody, his win-loss record. It'll make wins and losses mean something. It might make AW seem nepotistic, though. Yeah, I, I can see that. I don't really... I don't have an answer for this. I was trying to rack my brains to think uh, about who Jericho's first program after this should be. I definitely don't think it should be Paige. No. Well, no, Paige looks like it's packed next. Yeah, obviously not for a long time until Paige has probably been built up as a main eventer. So you look at the, the rest of the main eventers. Moxley. I don't know if that dynamic works, although they are not really a heel face promotion. One of the things about the tag match that we didn't actually mention was that Pentagon unmasking spot. Huge heel spot. Yeah. Matt Jackson did that. But I didn't feel like it was a heel move. No, I was no, just I like both these teams. Yeah. Which is a really exciting way to take a wrestling promotion. I think you could say Kenny. But kind of the problem with that is that the win-loss record doesn't favor him. But the story it feels like they're telling with Kenny at the moment is that he has got this crisis of faith. And maybe Kenny's story is that he needs to start building up some wins again before he goes after the title mm. and goes to face onto Jericho. I'd actually like to see Kenny be the first guy that beats Jericho and takes the title off of him. And you build that around Kenny because that's then it's your first pay-per-view. 
and you build that story up through to Kenny finally redeeming himself and winning the title. And you've got that New Japan history between them. Yeah. I think uh, Cody as the next feud, but Cody should lose. Yeah. Uh, JJ uh, 496 Ollie Davidson number one fan says it's a true war who can have the best ladder matches NXT or AEW it's right up there with the Hardy Boys Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys and yeah you're speaking of great ladder matches the NXT oh, North American oh. ladder match for the inaugural like one of the greatest ladder matches I've ever seen yeah absolutely nuts Geek Accent said will AEW TV be on Hulu like Raw is the day after Depends if they get a deal with Hulu, I mm. guess. Ima- I think TNT have got their own streaming service. I'd so imagine so, I'd have thought yeah. it'd be up on that. I mean, they've got Bleacher Report Live as well, which they're pushing very heavily. Yeah, so I don't know if it's going to be on Hulu. Uh, Chuck Barry said, Can we get a new AEW-specific rating system for AEW TV and pay-per-view reviews? We talked about that. Well, Luke brought it up just before we were about to write our reviews. Uh, and I was, I was just like... It's five in the morning. <laughs> I can't do this now. We just decided yeah. we're too creatively tired to, to come up with a new system as well. So we'll we'll think about it now. We should have done it ahead of time. Well, we'll definitely have it for TV. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll get it done for uh, the pay-per-views too. Yeah. Email in your suggestions. Uh, I wanted to point this one out from uh, Samad Ali, who was uh, really awesome. We got to meet him at the WrestleTalk meetup before Royal Quest. said, I'm really glad you guys liked my gift. Also, thanks, Chopper, for the kind tweet you sent. I showed my dad, and he said it was great meeting you also. Uh, The gift in question, I don't know if you wanted to show this. We've already already done it on the live stream. stream. But yeah, show it now. It's in my news today as well. Well, we'll show it anyways. Samad Ali, being awesome, created this for us, and... Are you looking for the Cena as well? Yeah. The Cena's over. And then over it's there, got I all the names in it and a lovely name. message. And then at the end, uh, from Float Like a Butterfly, Samad Ali. Yeah. Uh, so Thank it is very much. fantastic. So thanks, Samad. You're awesome. Um, and then we've got... Don't uh, throw it in the bin. I'm not throwing <laughs> it in. I'm Why just did you just put it in the bin? It's not a bin next to me, Ollie. Why'd you put it in the fire? <laughs> Um, I've got to look into that fire. And then, <laughs> it's really dangerous in this very small room. Yeah, it's hot. Like, we always complain about it being hot. Maybe the fire's got a lot to do with that. <laughs> and then, finally, for now, before the main show, uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin, who was another um, lovely person that we met at the Rest Talk meetup, uh, said, Gonna watch this later. I have work today. Here's my donation anyway. Have a great day, guys. Hey, thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you to everyone who came oh, to yeah. the uh, the Swaff Nation meetup we did before Royal Quest. It was genuinely, oh, it was so lovely. Right, so the play by play review of Double. Why do I keep calling it Double or Nothing? It's because it's the Casino Battle Royale. That's it, isn't it? All out. The Casino Battle Royal. Isn't it Casino Battle Royale? Because it's a play on Royale. Casino Royale. Yeah. yeah. That's what I figured. It's a, whatever it is, it needs to stop. <laughs> because the, neither, the, the the structure of these matches were five participants enter in four waves of five. And then you get a wild card 21st entry who's like your big surprise entrant. Neither have been as good as the traditional Battle Royal they did for All In. No. Which was brilliant. Yeah. Really funny. Just loads of fun spots in there. Loads of, you know, really fun stare downs. And these just don't work. And it, it saps the crowd energy too. I don't think then that your surprises get the pops that they deserve. Because we saw in this match, like, Tennille Dashwood and ODB... 
but like they didn't get the big way reactions that they should have done because they're competing against four other four other names that are also being said because you're saying Teal Piper and Ivalese and Big Swall. You know, you're saying all these names and you're not getting the reaction they they should get. Someone tweeted me this morning saying they've been thinking about this, but they can't think of a better way of doing this battle royal. Um, I mean, my argument would be just do a rumble. Yeah. Like you can just do the Royal Rumble, and it's fine because. I mean, I don't want to give a spoiler away. Every promotion in the world has their own version of the Royal Rumble with effectively the same rules. It's fine. It's one of the most genius stipulations ever created, uh, the, the Royal Rumble. So if you're going to borrow anything, yeah, by all means, do yeah. that. Uh, one way, just have entrances. So, like, you've got the it comes time for five more entrance. Have 20-second bursts of their entrance music, and they line up on the ramp, mm -hmm. and they all come down together, and then you get the cheer pops. That's, that works but even well, yeah. then, it's still not as good as a Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this was mostly based around Nyla Rose being very dominant and throwing everyone around. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a few big, like, sort of cameos, like Tanil Dashwood, who, of course, is Emma from WWE. ODB turned up, formerly of TNA. Awesome Kong was in there. B Priestley looked awesome. I love the fact that they tied into the story as well between her and Britt Baker mm. from uh, their previous pay-per-view. So I thought, I thought it was a nice bit of storytelling there and sort of a bit character work for them. Yeah, I think that's a really good feud as well, yeah. B Priestley versus Britt Baker. Just their looks are very opposed. So I want to see that. Did you see Will tweet about it? No. <laughs> Will tweet the, uh, the, the gif of them fighting. And he just tagged it and said, Adam Cole, we still cool, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Of course, they are both the... Others, the significant others. Yes. Of, uh, on um, to Neil Dashwood as well. This is in my news later on today. But so she's currently with Impact Wrestling. But apparently, uh, according to Britt Baker, she's not officially contracted to Impact. And Sean Rossap and WrestleZone have both um, corroborated a report that she's only with them until Bound for Glory. Mm. And AEW are very interested in doing more work with her. So she might just be with Impact for a couple of months and then she can join AEW for, uh, from November onwards, which is in time for their next pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, I, th I think Tanil is fantastic. Such a great name for their yeah. division. Always, always been a big fan of Emma. Um, this, this match, though, wasn't very good. Do you want to talk about the wild card? Yeah. Yeah, which was Mercedes Martinez. So that got a really good reaction from really the crowd. I don't really know her. Well, I was going to say, I think so she's been a name from sort of the independent they circuit. They should have just brought out ODV or, or, or Tanil. Well, no, but I think they, I wonder if they've got something they want to work with Mercedes yeah. and, and do some st stuff with her. So they want to kind of give her that profile moment. Um, and, you know, she was very, very pleased with it. She was, you know, had some really nice tweets about it. I thought it was a nice choice. Um, she was clearly someone that WWE had no interest in. They sort of pretended to for a bit and then clearly had no interest in. So I thought it was a, a nice choice. But the final three came down to uh, B Priestley, Nyla Rose and Baker. We had Canadian Destroy in there. B got thrown out, but she then got her revenge by sort of holding Britt Baker's arm in place, allowing Nyla Rose to throw her over the rope and, and win the match. Um, yeah, I, I've seen some people who really like this. I thought it was fine. But, you know, it's a pre-show battle royal. Yeah. Well, I... All In had one of the best battle royals ever. Because it was all about sort of those comedy moments, I yeah. suppose, yeah. It's all built around, like, let's get Jordan Grace in there and we'll build, a, like, you know, mm. five spots around her. And I'd say that the thing that Nyla Rose won here was to be one part of the inaugural AEW Women's title match on the first episode of TV. Uh, so I guess it's got a serious stipulation on it, so you don't want to make it too comedy-based, just like I did with the one... Well, I guess the Double or Nothing one had loads of comedy in. I just, it's not a good stipulation, 
And this match was pretty sloppy and I wasn't too into it. Yeah, I don't like the Casino Battle Royale no. format. It, it just doesn't work for me uh, in the least. So, But I think the Nyla's a great choice to win. I think she's a great choice. And I think yeah. she'll... I've got to figure she's going to win the title as well. I think she's a great first champion. The the person I'm into most, Kylie Ray. Yes. Wasn't in it. Yeah, and so she's done yeah. now. So uh, Tony Khan said, it told Sean Ross Sapp after the show, uh, in, during the media scrum, that she, shortly after Double or Nothing, requested her release. And she has deleted all of her social media presence, short, like around that same sort of time. And Tony said it was very amicable. Meltzer has said that he asked and said that it is a situation that's being very closely guarded. Mm. So I don't know what the backstory is on all of this. But yeah, Kylie Ray is unfortunately done with AEW. Whatever it is, it's a shame because yeah. I would have I would have enjoyed this match a lot more with her. I loved her coming off of the previous pay per view. I yeah, it's it's a big loss. I was. She was the person I was most into out of their women's division currently. Mm. Uh, the second match on the buy-in, so the kickoff show, was Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Loved it, mate. Yeah. Are they still up there? <laughs> I think everyone is still flipping yeah. up there somewhere. More flips than a pancake An amazing, Oh, it was great. Amazing high spots match. You know, no, no real story. It was just, let's see all the amazing things that private party can do athletically and what Angelico and Jack Evans can and that, do and like yeah it's not like Evans and Angelico are just these ground based matter <laughs> no. they're also very jumpy it was incredible and for private party to look more jumpy than Angelico <laughs> and Jack Evans yeah amazing and that's what I mean when you look at that tag division these two LAX uh, Young oh, Bucks yeah, yeah. Lucha Brothers oh, even you know even to a certain degree Dark Order and Best Friends I think they just got SCU um, a boy, a different boy, and his dinosaur. Hmm. I just think, well, what great teams. My favorite, I mean, there were so many spots in this, but my favorite one was uh, Cassidy, I think it was, was on the far side apron to his tag partner, and Evans was between them, and he did a coast to coast. I think it was uh, Mark Quinn that did it too. Ah, uh, was it Quinn? Yeah. He did a coast-to-coast -coast hot tag <laughs> yeah. over Evans's head. My favorite moment blew is, my mind. Is you can see Angelico spots what yes. he's going to do, and he's just like, uh "Oh!" I just sort of rushes to get him. Oh, it was a really, really cool spot. The uh, Tiltawell. Oh, you've written here Tiltawell Spanish Fly DDT. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know if that's actually what it was. That was the that was the sequence of moves I saw. <laughs> yeah. uh, just this incredible shooting star press from Quen as well. Just he got so much hair time on it. Just, just great, and um, the private party won in the end. Yeah, so their finisher is the Hurricane Runner into a cutter. Wicked move, like it looks just so. It looks so impressive, and yeah, and they picked up the win. Really, really glad to see them pick up the win. I think that they have got big hopes for a private party. Mm, yeah, as they should do. Uh, the only criticism here is Angelico and Evans is. Ring gear is disgusting. Oh, it is gross. It's pretty rubbish. It's bright green all over bodysuits. Yeah. Not, not, not a fan. Uh, and then they, uh, they turned heel effectively oh, after yeah. the match by beating down Private Party. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, then we got a little cinematic style promo of this very large guy and a woman walking in a car park. And these three guys kind of starred on them. And this big guy takes off his top. His, his lady partner sort of says, yes, beat them up. And he does. And his name is Wardlow. So it was a really, really <laughs> cool video package. I got into it. I thought it was Brian Cage. 
Yeah, I honest. thought it was well, yeah. Uh, but it's this guy called Wardlow, who apparently is a, a pretty much unknown. So it's nice to see them bringing in really, yeah. like, not well-known talent and building them up. And if you can't get Brian Cage, then maybe yeah. this is the next best thing. Uh, I just, Wardlow doesn't scream cool name to me. When, um, when you look at the name Wardlow, do you think it is worse than the Swolverine, which is Brian Cage's nickname? Which I think... That's quite fun. I think is categorically the, the lamest nickname in all of wrestling history. It's not Best Bout Machine. That is, uh, it's not Big Strong Boy. And no, I, I, it's, I think uh, Big Strong Boy is quite good. I like that one. What was um, what was John uh, Johnny Mundo's one? Oh. The, the Mayor of Slamtown oh, or something. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. That's <laughs> actually maybe that's the lamest one. Got the glasses. Yeah, there. but the Swolverine is, is certainly not good. Um, but I'm I'm in the same boat as Stephen Larson on this one. I think in two months' time we'll be going. Do you see that amazing thing Wardlow did? And we'll just say yes. it like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah it's just for now. It is a bit jarring. Yeah. Um, MJF cut a promo backstage to their interviewer. I can't remember her name. Um, Alicia. Was that Alicia? I believe it was. A tout? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. No. I'm going to guess it was because that's the they got doing the backstage interviews. I don't remember. Oh, it didn't look like Alicia a tout, but maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, anyway, MJF is fantastic. He's very funny. And he spoke about wanting to help his friend Cody against Sean Spears tonight. That's why he hasn't got a match. Mm -hmm. But before he said that, he was kind of muttering to himself, Oh, I haven't got a match tonight. <laughs> yeah. As a, just brilliant. He's yeah. so good. Effortless on the mic. Um, then the main show began with SCU versus Jurassic Express. Yeah, and you could tell that I was tired because I called them Jungle Express in our yeah. review. But yeah, um, Jurassic Express. What an amazing name. A small boy, a boy and his dinosaur. Just a true... What a perfect opener to a mm. pay-per-view as well. SCU are a great opening act for this sort of company. And these three guys, holy hell have they got over in the last, like, three months, have become one of the biggest, most popular acts in this company. This crowd ate up everything that Luchasaurus did. Yeah, it really was mostly Luchasaurus. Like, everyone was over, but Luchasaurus was so over. And rightfully so. He's got a fantastic look. It's a brilliant name. <laughs> I just don't know why Luchasaurus hasn't been a thing before. And he, he wrestled really coolly like yeah. he's got a different style to everyone else he moves so slowly yeah not so slowly but he does move he looks like, like a dinosaur yeah compared to jungle boy he's moving at a, a glacial pace and he just like power moves people oh it's when he was just slowly walking around just booting people in the face and essentially people are running at him and running into these boots i think luchasaurus is he is someone who they'll have a great run as a tag team but he'll also be like massive in the singles division mm. Like in that almost in that world title picture, they can easily put him in the world title picture, and yeah. the crowd would be so into it as well because they love Luchasaurus. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, you build up Luchasaurus for a year, year and a half, and then like a cocky heel champion is like, "I've been everyone, no one can beat me," and then the music hits. Yeah. Sort of like what they had with Ryback back in the day. Uh, so yeah, this was this was a really fun opener with loads of fun bits in. Everyone was more over than they started off with, even though Jungle Express lost. I said it wrong again. Jurassic Express, Express lost. Yeah, I, that's the only thing I would describe. I think that Jungle Express should have got the win here. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be uh, wrong on that one. It's just that's the way. At the time, I thought, I think that they needed the win more than SCU did. I think them losing to a very well-established team like SCU. So I think it's a great point. Uh, 
is, is totally fine. And I'm a big fan of this. I prefer this book, and especially with Private Party going over yeah. earlier. And I don't want to get you too excited, Oliver Davis, but you've got to think with Jungle Express, SCU, <gasps> Orange Cassidy Stop it. joining Best Friends. Stop it. Are we building ourselves up here for a trio's division? I hope not. I only want that in a brand split world. <laughs> it's actually quite a specific desire. Uh, so, surprisingly, next up, we had Kenny Omega versus Pac. Yeah, second match on the card. Yeah. So this is where Luke's argument of match order comes into play. Maybe I should have saved this for closer to the end. Maybe we should have put Dark Order and on, yeah, around there, uh, yeah. put it here instead. I think it would have been a better place to put it. And but, then maybe have this match. Mm. Uh, but Kenny Omega, of course, wrestling a replacement in Pack because John Moxley had Mercer, MRSA. Uh, he, but it was still an absolutely. This was such a good match. Oh, absolutely brilliant! And it just got better and better and better. Both guys are so crisp. The V triggers are just so almost orgasmic to watch. Yeah, it, like they're really. I, I get so excited when I see a V trigger. But I think there's the reason for that. But I mean, this certainly is for me anyway. No one moves around the ring like Kenny Omega does. Mm. The way he moves and the way he runs the ropes, yeah. he has got such a unique style of wrestling about him. I, I think he is just, in like no matter whenever you see him, you're just like, oh, he's going to have the best match on the card. Oh, look at that guy. He's once again having the best match. He's just a, a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Yeah. He's got it. He has got Whatever it. Whatever it, it is. is. Uh, and Pac's not half bad himself. Oh, tell me about it. So he, it was just like counters after counters. Like a game of chess. And the, like they, ha it was a really good match, but unfortunately had no story. It was mm. really just an exhibition match. But I think the story was for is all oh, around Kenny. Yeah, well, that's it. But there's a spot about two-thirds of the way through where Pac does a moonsault to the outside. Huge moonsault. It looks spectacular. He looked like he whacked his shin on the barricade. Well, do not like it, uh, they need to move those barricades back a little oh, bit more, yes, give them do. a bit more space outside yeah. if you're going to be doing so many dives outside. But from that point onwards, from for the last third, the, the, and the commentary team were a big part of this, they were telling the story of how Omega was so obsessed with Moxley that that's affecting him here. Yeah. And you can sort of see that. And when Omega eventually lost, when he had Pack up for the one-winged angel, but Pack reversed it into this movie's calling The Brutalizer, which is... It's like the Rings of Saturn. Yeah, but standing up. It's, it's like, I love it as a finisher. Yeah, it's, it's cool. So, so cool. And I just think that's a really, really fun story to tell with, with Kenny. And it kind of like then answers a lot of criticisms that his being the elite promo had. Because he was cutting this promo on Moxley, was then told Moxley's not in this match anymore. And so he was like, yeah, no, keep rolling. I've got more things to say. And continued cutting his promo on Moxley. And a few people who were tweeting me going like, I mean, it's a good promo, but shouldn't he be focusing on Pac? And that's the story. The story was he wasn't focused on Pac. That's, that's great. Yeah, it's and a now, longer game. And now he's in this situation where he's lost to Jericho, he's lost to Pac, and now he's just like, I need to, I need to find the best bout machine again. I'm no mm. longer the best. I'm not the best guy in this company. Yeah. I need to be, though. So I need to go, and I need to work out what I've lost. I need to find that new Japan Kenny Omega again. But, like, I'm looking at this match. I'm not thinking, oh, Omega looks rubbish. No. I'm thinking, oh, on this day... Omega lost against Chris Jericho on that day Omega lost you always say it yourself he lost to himself yeah and I find that a much more just enticing story than someone who's just not good enough <laughs> he's just on a losing streak yeah yeah uh, after this 
you're like, well, that was, we, we both sat back and you're like, that was corking. What a really excellent match. Four and a half star match easy. How can they top that? <laughs> yeah. Cracker barrels. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when Darby Allen, Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc came out, I thought, oh, that's unfortunate. Because they're in a very tricky spot here having to follow that Pac Omega match. Very, very tricky. But thankfully, these three just went down there and was like, let's effing kill each other. Yeah. It was actually a very smart piece of match ordering because you, yeah, you had the really Pac was. Omega match and that was excellent in its way. And then you brought these three guys out who had just an excellent match oh, in their way. Ex- I loved this so, 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 so much. And it's again that thing where we've always said about what our favorite things about wrestling pay-per-views where we've reviewed outside of the sort of the WWE bubble, each match has its own unique flavor. And this was a completely different flavor to Pac Omega. It was a different flavor to the tag match. It was a different to anything that was on the buy-in. It was its own, very much a red flavor. And it was, um, which has always got thumbtacks inside. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd loved it. Loved yeah, it. Yeah. Jimmy knows how it tastes. <laughs> because just to set the tone for this match, Jimmy Havoc staples himself and then gets taped to a chair outside and they feed him drawing pins or thumbtacks, thumbtacks they're called yeah. in America. Feed him thumbtacks in his mouth. He's tape got them in his, his mouth, mouth and they tape his mouth shut. And there's me thinking, <laughs> and here's me thinking, oh, man, they're taking Jimmy out of this match. Like he's going to be outside. Like, and eventually they'll have this moment where he just sort of powers out the chair. No, no, no. Darby Allen just gets up onto the apron and just somersaults onto him into the chair. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's how Jimmy gets out. Then he gets flattened. That was insane, <laughs> that spot. And you know, like, we were talking about the craziest ladder match ever. Like this. And we were talking about how things are unsafe. <laughs> yeah. And how you can, you can be in control of those spots or you can be uncon- in, out of control. And that puts me on edge. Weirdly, watching this match, where they're not taking, like, dangerous bumps that they're taking s- such dangerous bumps that I can't I can't quite figure out what I'm trying to say they are out of control but they kind of set that as the starting point yeah so it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable there was a moment during this match where Darby Allen grabbed a skateboard that had thumbtacks on the base of the skateboard he then did a springboard with the skateboard and used it as a weapon like then landed on the skateboard onto the back of Joey Janela who was standing up and I was like oh man that's a pretty crazy spot you know with the thumbtacks on the thing and you're thinking like oh maybe it's just like a gimmick and stuff but then no Joey's got thumbtacks stuck in his back so he landed that absolutely perfectly onto his back to get the thumbtacks to get off the board and into his back so you get the big reveal how inventive yeah it's innovative yeah it's really good what i keep coming back to is in my head is the derby coffin drop from the, the top rope with the cracker barrel onto i believe it was ring steps joey uh jimmy it was jimmy with the cracker barrel underneath him no no so jimmy was just lying on the on the on the steel on steps, the steel steps yeah so derby allen grabs one of the cracker barrels and he gets up to the top rope, puts it behind him, and then does the coffin drop. But Jimmy moves out of the way, and this <laughs> this cracker barrel obliterated, just like broke into a thousand different pieces. I just yeah, the, the crack, but the cracker barrel did nothing. It's the goggles. The goggles do, <laughs> do nothing. nothing. The steel steps. <coughs> he did it onto the steel steps. Yeah. A coffin drop from the top. Just you know, Kofi's trustful onto steel steps. He's not doing that when he hits thirty. I just, it was insane. Each guy looked incredible. I want to see him again. I cannot wait. I loved it. I loved it. And Jimmy got the win. Yes. We said it going in. Like, Jimmy, J- Jimmy hasn't 
<coughs> excuse me, had a chance to get over how good he is. Because I would say Darby Allen is more spectacular in the riskiness. Joey Janela has that sort of, he, you know, he's, he's had that ladder match last year with Hangman Page. But Jimmy is currently the goth who does paper cuts with people. He's so much more than that. And him winning gives me a lot of hope that AEW are going to give him a chance to show it. I think so, yeah. Especially with like a really, like when he gets his teeth into a, a good story, it'll be great. Oh, it'll be amazing. Yeah. So yeah. really happy with that one. But then, unfortunately, comes the Dark Order versus the Best Friends. Yeah. It was a five-hour show overall, one-hour uh, pre-show. This didn't need to be on the card. And it's a shame because the Smash Brothers are such a good tag team. They're not, though. They are. I think they've been saddled. I don't, I, I don't know why, people, why, we, why we all keep saying this. Because they are a good tag team. If you've watched the stuff outside of this, they are good. They've just been saddled with a gimmick that I don't think is working for them. Because this sort of wrestling that they're doing is not the wrestling they've been doing previously. Right. And so I think it's all this character work that they've been sort of, I want to say saddled with. It might be their idea. Mm. I just don't think it's working. <laughs> and it's not getting over. And they've been, of all the tag teams... In AEW, they've had the biggest push. They're, they're not, that's not the Young Bucks and, yeah. and um, Lucha Bros. They're like the third tag team that's getting the biggest push. And it's, they're coming out to crickets from the fans. They're not reacting to their spots. And they just died a death in the match. It's, uh, it's kind of like the, li the librarian stuff. Yeah. Like, no one's crapping on it because everyone's so into the promotion, the live crowd I'm talking about. But it's, it's not good. It's not good. It's not working. No. And they need to, you know... I, d I think we're at a point now where you can't keep doing the same thing and hope for them to eventually get over. Like, this is a re repetition problem. We haven't got weekly TV yet. It jars with the rest of the wrestlers. Um, yeah, I, d I don't like it. So, yeah. And, and this was, you know, a, a match. There was nothing spectacular in it. Just a lot of working and, over of uh, Trent, I believe it was. And they won. Yeah. And However. And oh, it, okay. But as we said during the live stream, on paper, this match makes so much sense because if they're getting real good heel heat, you put them against the best friends, a team that everyone loves, and you put them as the baby faces in peril, you want to see the best friends overcome the odds and then the Dark Order win even more heel heat. Problem is there's no heat there. So best friends have got nothing to overcome, which means the Dark Order winning doesn't do anything for either team. And it just sort of falls on its face a little bit. If this, if this has come earlier in the night, I don't think it would be as hated as much as it has been, but it followed on from Pac Omega and the Cracker Barrel Clash. So, I mean, even if this was a good match, it still wasn't going to be on a par with those two matches that had come beforehand. However, however, afterwards, the lights went out. It's a trick that the Dark Order have been playing across the pay-per-view so far. The lights come back on. Who should be standing there in the ring with his hands on his pockets? On his pockets? In his pockets. He's glasses on, indoors, but some freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Oh, my boy, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> and the crowd went bananas. So did we. <laughs> we went crazy for this. He looks out there, all the Dark Order and their minions are all outside, and he does a running dive, still with his hands in his pockets, takes them all out, gets back in the ring. Hands have not left the pockets. Kip up just stands there looking cool. Yeah. And I Brilliant. love the commentator sold it brilliantly as well. Exception of JR. Salty, it's a lot, of, a lot of salty JR on this show, which is 
think one of my other criticisms oh, yeah. I'd have with AEW is I don't like Salty JR. I don't like having my commentator tell me that this is rubbish because he <laughs> doesn't like it. I like Golden Boy and Excalibur, though. I, I think they're yeah, very good. Really good. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to when Tony Schiavone gets on board because mm. Tony is less salty in his old age. Um, but they were selling it, like you say, where like the lights go out. This is what Dark Order usually do. Is this another trick by the Dark Order? Is this body, body, body? And the lights come up. And the crowd, obviously, are like, oh, God, it's the Dark Order doing something. Yeah, yeah. Come back up, and it's Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And everyone's like, <gasps> yeah! Oh, it works so well. Yeah. CM Punk wouldn't have gotten that pop. He w- absolutely wouldn't have had. <laughs> I think the most over things on this show were Luchasaurus and Orange Cassidy yeah. at this point. And then the best friends get in, and they do the hug. But it's over Orange Cassidy, who essentially no-sells it. And it's become a meme. I, l- I love it. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's jiffable. It Giffable. is. I showed my lady partner Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. She's not seen him before. She doesn't know the gimmick. I just said, just watch this. And I played it. And she was in hysterics. <laughs> and she doesn't like wrestling. She doesn't yeah. really. She, like, she, she appreciates the sort of high-flying spots, but everything else she just doesn't get. Uh, but she, she was in hysterics. She laughed. She said it was so cool. And I said, you know, me, who can quite happily watch those same spots in different matches for an hour on YouTube and just click recommended video after recommended video, I said, oh, well, watch this one as well. And she was like, oh, there are more. So I played her, like, another match where he effectively did the same spots. And she was like, immediately, she went, oh, it's a bit old now. Oh. So. <laughs> it, do- it's, it doesn't have longevity. To us, I think it does have longevity because we love it so much but uh mainstream fans it's it's not it's not as mainstream it's a very niche joke and we've got to recognize that 100 yeah. and it only works if it's not overexposed <laughs> yes if you had this on tv every week that's where it's gonna like really come asunder and it's gonna fall <laughs> apart a 24 7 title yeah, yeah. If, if you will um but if you do it sparingly, if you use Orange Cassidy sparingly, for moments like this, he'll, he'll be over forever. And when it, Meltzer was talking about this in his review, when it starts to get a bit passe, that's when he, something happens where he does put the effort in. Yeah. Like it's a title or it's a blood feud. And he finally takes those hands <laughs> out of those pockets and shows some emotion. Yeah. And then that's really exciting. It's really exciting. I... <clears throat> Do you know what? They announced, and I've seen the, the, the gifts of it and stuff, um, the <laughs> Orange Cassidy versus Scott Steiner. You're talking about a match I never knew I wanted. Yeah. Like that, and I've watched a bit of it. You know, credit to Scotty as well. He gets the gimmick <laughs> and just works together with it. Oh, to be amazing. Like, well, this is going to be the, the funnest match I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, after this, after the Dark Order match, uh, I'd say there was another misstep. It, it's it's a match that should have gone on earlier. Yeah. Plus, it wasn't that engaging either. It dragged a bit. And then Shida the cr- versus Rio. Crowd were kind of the wind had been taken out of their sails by the Dark Order best friends match. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy picked them back up, but I don't think it was enough for Shida and Rio to to really overcome. Unfortunately. Yeah. It was like it was it was a fine I, match. I really liked it. I, I yeah I I wasn't that into it. I was just a bit. It was a bit too much by this point. Um, it wasn't different enough, you know, either. It just felt like like this match and the Dark Order match felt like WWE matches. Mm-hmm. And just like the, I could I could have seen those on WWE TV where everything was really quite up to 11 in their respective genres. Yeah. Uh, I guess this, had, this was very well worked in some of the sequences. It was really slick, very fast-paced. Um, 
and lots of knees, which oh, I yeah, enjoyed. Oh, yeah, lots of knees. But overall, I, I, I wasn't too into it. It was probably the second worst match. Oh, no, no, third worst match with the Women's Battle Royal, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, but, yeah, uh, Rio won, which means she's going on to face Nyla Rose for the inaugural AEW Women's title. A choice that makes sense when you think that Nyla is the other half of that match because then you've got big dominant Nyla and small tiny Rio. Tiny Rio. She's, she's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rose came out and licked her lips. Because mm -hmm, she's like, lovely stuff. Well, there's an easy win for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So then we got, thank, like it picked right back up again. Yeah, this really like picked me up. Because yet again, for us at least, Cody Rhodes stole the show. I've seen some people really down on this match. How? I, I've no idea. But like Bleacher's report gave it a D, like a D score. What? I know. It's your brand. <laughs> they should be giving everything A's. And I was kind of like gobsmacked by that because I thought this was from start to end. Brilliant. Brilliant. With the exception of poor old Pharaoh being scared by the pyro, which yes. uh, Cody has said was a mistake. Um, apparently there was something that went off in the pyro that wasn't supposed to go off. Essentially it was just meant to be the, like the... Sat like the, the fireworks, but not the actual bang sounds, and that's what scared him. He's like, he got us. It's like fireworks went off it. when there's fireworks or oh, yeah. like you know around the house. He gets scared then, and it just spooked him. And yes. he was that it was completely regrettable. And apparently, Tony Khan took it so so seriously, and was then just like working as hard as he could backstage to make sure the dog was fine and well looked after, and then made sure that there were more precautions in place for when the horse was out later with with Paige. Oh yeah, because they were like, like we can't have anything like that going around. Like, if a horse gets spooked, then, like, a hangman's in trouble. But yeah, then so yeah. does everyone else. Yeah. So, apparently, Tony <laughs> Khan took it very, very seriously. Uh, yeah. and, it, and apparently, Cody said he was really distracted uh, during the match because all he could think about was, was poor old Pharaoh. Yeah. I, which, 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 very good that they feel that way. I could have I told him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Don't do it in the first place. Yes. Also, I mean, and if, I'm, if we're going to continue on the sort of nitpicker train, don't dress up as Star Trek characters in this blood feud. Yeah. Don't, yeah, so, don't, don't do that. So yeah, for, for Cody's entrance, we had DDP, MJF, and Brandy all cosplaying as Star Trek. So just wearing a sort of yeah, like Voyager. Uh, it was the was it the next gen? Or no, it was, it was, like it was Voyager. Voyager costumes because yeah. Brandy was seven of nine. Uh, they came out, and Cody was only allowed one person in his corner, and he selected MJF, which was just perfect fodder for the excellent Tully Blanchard in Sean Spears's corner. MJF was just yelling the entire match. It was Al Hebner who was the referee yeah, as well. Perfect choice of ref. Yeah, because this, the, the co-executive vice presidents all have their own styles, I would say. The Young Bucks have their crazy tag team super kick parties. Kenny Omega, very strong, stiff anime style of Japanese wrestling. Cody, you're going to get an 80s wrestling match. It's NWA. And, I mean, Al Hebner is the ref. Tully Blanchard is a ringside. No, and Anderson hits a spinebuster. And Jim Ross is calling it. Yeah. And this was Jim Ross at his apex because this is Jim Ross's style of match. Jim Ross doesn't know how to call Best Friends vs. Dark Horse. He, <laughs> he doesn't know how to call Orange Cassidy. But when you give him an, an NWA, an AWA style match, like, oh, okay, I get this. I know how to call this. Yeah. And I think maybe that falls into our tastes. Uh, because this was our favourite match, whereas other people took against it. I just thought it was a brilliant story. They started off hot. Cody beat uh, Sean round the crowd, and they get in the ring. There's some heel shenanigans. Tully gives him 
uh, his belt. Yes, because he took Co- so he took off Cody's weight belt to go and use it, but then Earl was getting into his face, so he essentially used that to distract Earl Hebner. So until he just got up and just very surreptitiously gave him his own belt, so he could go and whip Cody, who got some wicked welts yeah. on the back. It was just all like. This is the perfect use of managers. This is why managers can enhance a matchup so much. And it's baffling why WWE don't use them more. It, it, was, it was great. It was a throwback, but it was modern at the same time. Uh, and then the, there was sort of a MJF and Tully had a, a face-off. Tully yeah. was so good. Tully was great. <laughs> and that they sort of brought outside, which brought Arn Anderson out from the back, who's been working as a producer for AEW. He left WWE earlier this year under the not-best-circumstances. And he hits a spine-buster on Sean Spears, and Earl doesn't see it. And that, you know, Cody comes back. There's a really good bit of storytelling where Cody's got the chair. Yeah, because Sean, use Sean Spears, Spears brought the chair in. Yeah, but he, he doesn't. Instead, he gives it to Sean, and Cody Disaster kicks him in, Crossroads win. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Really, really good. From start to end, and my only criticism of it are, poor old dog, and don't dress up as Star Trek characters when you're in a serious blood feud. Um, and I also think Sean should have won. Uh, yeah, I, but I mean, what, one of the other great things about this is Cody's in the ring celebrating. MJF, he's... You know, his, his protege, his friend is in there. He's celebrating with Cody. Everyone was just waiting for MJF to turn. <laughs> they are, but like their facial expressions, Cody's like completely, yes, I won. MJF is like, yes, I'm completely happy for you. There was no like surreptitious stare, mm. but he did have a chair in his hand. Yes. It was such a good subtle touch because I'm just looking at the chair yeah. the entire time. I'm like, okay, when's he going to Seth Rollins it? and <laughs> Archie's back and then like he puts a chair down and he's holding the title I'm like he's going to hit you with a title man but they didn't pull the, the trigger uh, the weight belt was it the weight belt it must have been the weight must belt must have been something I've got it he definitely held something that wasn't a chair oh yeah I don't remember maybe, maybe I'm misremembering anyway they it was so so good because this is something you don't pull the trigger on now nope you do that I mean even a year away and maybe when Cody, if Cody's going to be Jericho's first feud, maybe it's that MJF turn eventually that starts the Cody-MJF feud. Yeah. And that's how Jericho retains. I thought it was great. Everyone played their roles to perfection, apart from Pharaoh, you little scaredy cat. <laughs> thought you were meant to be a dog. Um, also, uh, loved seeing Cody doing the bionic elbow as well. Oh, that was great. Really, really nice really stuff. He, he had a really nice um, comment about that Starcast where someone said, are you going to do the bionic elbow? He said... It's not really mine to use, but if I feel the mood is right for it, that's when I'll bust it out. But I'm not just going to like add it into my repertoire because it doesn't really belong to me. I think, really, Cody might be one of the best storytellers in wrestling right now. He's the MVP of AEW for me. Mm. I, I, I'm so surprised by, by how good he is. Sounds like a, it sounds like a bit of shade there. It's not. I, like, he... he He's got to be behind the booking of this, these matches. Oh, 100%, yeah. Because it's always his match. Yeah. I just, I love it. I love him. And then we got the Lucha Bros Young Bucks match. We've talked about that. They announced that Full Gear will be their first pay-per-view on November 9th. Not the best name in the world. Gear, of course, being a steroid slang. <laughs> yeah. And they've got loads of it. That's why Wardlow's uh, debut. <laughs> <laughs> Full Gear is also a Hangman Page sort of catchphrase, yeah. so maybe that's tied Which some people it. thought was a spoiler for the main event. Mm. 
Um, but they were wrong because Jericho won. No, the main event sort of spoiled itself. Yeah. <laughs> and beam. Beam. Uh, but I, 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 again, we kind of went into this uh, sort of to death earlier in the show, but its placement, this was a good match. And for it, it just had to follow the insanity of the ladder match. Mm. And unfortunately, this sort of like Jericho, new older era Jericho, this more brawling style, it just wasn't going to fly. Yeah. It was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, it was a good match that had to follow all that other stuff, like you've said. But it's also your world title match. So it was... It was it it was. I'm, I can't say I'm disappointed or I'm frustrated or or it was bad. No. It just it wasn't it wasn't the match it needed to be, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. And I, I think it it is it is a bit of a it's a it's a deep shame. Uh, plus Jericho's style these days I think works best when he's not just a brawler. He is an insane brawler where he's throwing chairs into the ring. He is actively trying to cheat using hardcore weapons. Yeah. You, he does that a lot in New Japan in front of the referee. I know you want to make it a more sports-based thing. This is your world title, so you can't really do that as much in in AEW, especially in your main event. But then do it behind the referee's back or something. Get some get yeah. some actual heat because Jericho didn't actually do anything heelish in this match. If anything, he was playing the babyface at one point. Yeah, he the Page's family was shown frequently at ringside. He didn't get in their faces. So, and and this Page Jericho feud really doesn't have much substance in it apart from the title. And there was just nothing to hook me in. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you on that one. I'd, it, was, it was a good match. It was not in the right place. Maybe it shouldn't have been the title match. No, it shouldn't have been. Page, but they clearly have aspirations for Page to be their guy. And I think that that's a smart move because Page is great. It's just maybe this will change once TV rolls around. But at the moment, I don't think Page is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it had some really good moments, uh, and then Jericho won with the Judas elbow. Oh, the most devastating! Yeah, uh, moving all of huge, the huge, huge. And he posed at the top of the ramp, gave the camera a wink, and walked off with the title. No CM Punk. Yep, and that's fine. Yep, they never yep. said he'd be there. They never teased that he was going to be there. There was no teasers whatsoever by AEW. It's just all of us fans thinking oh, it might it might happen mm. but there have been those that have then taken the knock against that because he didn't debut and that's why the pay-per-view was bad in fact they're, they're, they were actively saying he won't be there yeah. so they, <laughs> they couldn't have done more to throw us off the set uh, so before you I mean I gave we gave it five out of five Yeah, well I love the show absolutely with the exception of that Dark Order match I just thought it was a, mm. a terrific terrific show and I would happily watch it again and I'm really looking forward to watching it and I want to watch some of those matches back oh, again yeah. and I'm so excited for this company to get to television and watching this as a weekly product. I think if this weekly product can be like their Roads to All Out series with the wrestling matches as well, yeah. I think it will be a brilliant weekly TV show to watch. Um, I'm, I'm dead excited for it. I can't wait. I'm, yeah, can't wait. I, I love AEW. I, I, I love it. Only question I have for you, because a few people asked me this on Twitter, so I thought I'd get your uh, perspective on this. Um, Jericho as champion, I, uh, yay or nay, uh, for starters. But B, when Lesnar won the hmm. Universal title again, Jericho was on his spree of like, ah, pushing those up in young enough and comers, I see. And now he's their champion. The oldest guy in the company is the, yeah. is the world champion. So I ask you those questions. I think we're being worked. I think he, well, he very well I knew that I've, he was going to yeah. win the title when he made that tweet. Yeah. And it was a bit of. Yeah, he is, yeah. The, he is the heel. Yeah. Uh, well, you wouldn't have known it from that match. 
So, Will Adams, Luke Owen's number one fan. Cheers, mate. Says, I bet Cornet had a heart attack with that triple threat. I'm sure he loved it. Yeah, he's open to new new styles. No, he was just more angry Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Classic AJ says, Happy Labor Day from AJ in Boston. Oh, well, happy oh, Labor yeah. Day. You... It's a holiday in America. It is, yeah. You don't wear white on Labor Day or something. I believe that's a phrase. Uh, Anson Reinhardt says, First time super chatting. Love everyone at Russell Talk. Oh, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much for watching. Thank you for watching. Uh, Maxman475 says, Hey Chopper, can you do an Australian accent and say, It's a bit early for Kung Fu, isn't it, Jimmy? There you go. Was that, did was that the accent or did that you was, just read that it? That was the accent, mm, yeah. It's, it's good, a mate. bit early for Kung Fu there, Jimmy. Isn't it, Jimmy? It's supposed to <laughs> isn't be. Isn't it, Jimmy? Mm. Ah. Well, you tried. Uh, Justin Anzel Dewar says, Most definitely still is your birthday. Happy birthday, King Chopper Whopper. Long live Wrestle Talk. Definitely still not my birthday, but thanks. <laughs> uh, Jesse Venable says, Perfect Wrestle Talk video timing. Starting a three mile run now. Ooh, oh, wow. That's good luck. Yeah, it's a good amount. David R says, Recommendations for audible books to listen to. Well, we said it. Um, the, 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 right. The Death of WCW, that's what it's called, yes. by Brian Alvarez. That's and, an and audio R- book and version. And R.D. Reynolds. Sorry, and R.D. Reynolds, yeah. Um, and just because I'm still currently listening to it at the moment, uh, the, the Beastie Boys book mm. is terrific. I'm listening to an Area 51 book on there right now. Oh, is it a, a is, fictional uh, one or a... No, it's a, it's a sort of expose, as much <gasps> as you can get an expose oh, on Area 51. I'm into it, mate. It's good. I'm into it. It's, it's not about aliens, it's espionage. Less into it. <laughs> Rollerball Rocco said, I joined this stream late, but All Out was overall great. IMO, AEW, and WrestleTalk are worthy of my meager support. Oh, thank, oh, you, thank you very, very much. much. I agree, it was great. Uh, Ryan Egler says, Finally got a chance to watch you guys live. My favorite match was Pac versus Omega. Love you guys and wish me luck as Hurricane Dorian approaches. Oh, yeah. yeah. Buckle, 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 it, buckle it down. Buckle it down. Buckle down. Buckle, is that a phrase? Buckle, buckle. Well, it is now. I'm just going to start shouting buckle at you. Buckle, Get some buckle cracker it. barrels. <laughs> just I'm buckle Barrel it, it down. Barrel yeah. it down. Yeah. yeah. On, but seriously, uh, yeah, good luck to And to anyone who is, uh, who is in that sort of area. Uh, Joe's Owen said, uh, had to help my father with cutting some brunches off our apple tree and had to climb a ladder. Hashtag brave boy. <laughs> had a great time Saturday. <laughs> I forgot about I brave boy. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so to, ca- to chat you up, um, when we were watching the Young Bucks Lucha Bros match on the live stream, we're a bit tired, yeah. and you do forget that you're being broadcast to four <laughs> four thousand other people. And I was just like, God, they're so brave. <laughs> you just tell me, it's like they're just really brave. Yeah, yeah. It's like to, to stand. I, I I can't stand four rungs up on a ladder. They're on the top. <laughs> That's so brave. So we take on the big brave boys. <laughs> Justin Thomas <laughs> says. Uh, did y'all like the Outlaw Mod Show Clash? I'm assuming that's the Cracker Barrel Clash, maybe? The, what to say again? The Outlaw Mod Show Clash. I don't know I what don't that know. is. I'll, I'll do a quick Google of that. I think it's someone not being very happy with Cracker Barrel. Just oh, as a guess. How could you not as be happy guess. with it? It was so much fun. I don't know, but possibly it's something else. Um, yeah, I'm not getting any Google results. Yeah. So yeah, maybe so, it was. Yeah. 
Um, Zane Brenzel said, Happy Yom Kippur, Chipper. Uh, chopper. <laughs> uh, first Super Chat chipper. support, Chipper, yeah. Uh, what is the next gimmick match you want to see in an AEW feud, any feud in particular? Ooh. You know what? You know what? Ah, uh, oh, what are they called? Not a rope match. Strap match? Yeah. Where you've got to touch the four corners. Is that, yeah. What's that one? That's a strap match, isn't it? That with Cody. Cody would be able to make it good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, th- those can work really well. Um, but unfortunately, WWE usually use some form of racial exploitation. And put lights around it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, weirdly, I want to see that. Hmm. I'm going to say uh, First Blood. as like a real, or like a proper I Quit match. Oh, yeah, like but, a cage, But I again, and I was going to say for all three of those, with Cody. Mm-hmm. That is why I want to see Cody doing those matches. Danny W said, best rating should be all in and the worst all out. But that implies that all, all out is bad. bad that's, that's what I thought yeah. as well. Someone did send in like suggestions for um, what we should call it. I believe it was uh, safe emails me in. Um, but a lot of them were like, we should call like ranking for NXT and ranking number one WWE, which I, I'm, I'm not as keen on. But I do think that AEW awesome is like, because awesome oh, yeah. is like as the number one. Yeah. It's just how you then say it. Awesome. Uh, Matthew Robinson said Teal Piper was eliminated properly after she went through the middle ropes. She was then thrown over by ODB in the corner. Ah, okay, there you go. Right. I didn't spot yeah. that. But. No, yeah, well, someone, a few people said it. We, we missed the elimination because we were having some issues with the stream because um, Dickhead Davis over here was connected to the wrong internet. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, the internet's really poor tonight. Yeah, I just thought it was all the. the I thought it was YouTube's, Fight TV's, and ITV's problem, <laughs> yeah. not my computer. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Pridemore said, "Did you get that check from Cracker Barrel yet?" Um, no, but we had a lot of chat about Cracker Barrel because it's something we don't have here in the UK. So we were actually, it was a big learning experience mm. for what Cracker Barrel is. It's a fine Southern institution, is what it is. Yes, we have, and we would not say anything bad about it uh, ever again because people got very upset with us besmirching the name uh, KJ said AEW needs to structure their pay-per-views time better oh, yeah. uh, six hours I think it was five hours but including the buy-in is too long especially when you only have eight matches totally agree yeah you don't have to have everything on the show um, yeah yeah make it shorter mm-hmm. three hours max really yeah Matthew Robinson said uh, Cody makes a great match all the time also Canadian Destroyer off the ladder OMG love you guys Luke and Ollie I can't believe they did that spot still. I just, yeah, it's just that it's a video game spot. Yeah, exactly. When they were setting it up, I thought, this looks like they're about to do a Canadian Destroyer, but well, that would be mad. So they're clearly not going to do that. And then they did it, and I'm still in disbelief that it happened. And I've watched the GIF, like, multiple yeah. times. Uh, Zach Icon Linda says, Wardlow, crush! Uh, happy Monday, Chopper. Thanks. Uh, I'm assuming that's like a Rusev crush, but yeah, maybe. yeah he's yeah. a big guy. He's mm. got a female uh, manager potentially. Yeah, um, I just want to give a shout out as well. Um, John uh, Kurosawa got in touch with me on Twitter after our live stream that said, uh, "You guys need to come to the US and try Cracker Barrel. It'll be so worth the trip." And then Cracker Barrel replied saying, "Our dinner table is always open. Stop in and see us." Whoa, yeah, get so. in touch, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> if, if you're sponsoring wrestling, sponsor us yeah. from another country. Hey, we have got a big uh, US listenership. We do, yeah. Uh, Brian McAvoy said, uh, gotta watch all out, watch the review, too hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. really good. I can't get enough of it right now. Yeah. I, I, I just want to keep watching it. But just watch the show. More, more importantly, watch the pay-per-view than us. Uh, Matthew Robinson said, 
Uh, Cracker Barrel is really a restaurant that is near major interstate roads, so it's a restaurant that's done after a long drive. That is why the front general store setup is for a gift store. Good country food, not great food. Mm. Yeah, so here it would be a harvester's. Oh! Oh! But with more fried chicken. And a gift shop. And a gift shop, yeah. Yeah, so there's a similar chain here, but also also it's not similar. Yeah, they got a salad bar. Well, I mean, but oh, like right. oh. Cracker Barrel. Does yeah, Cracker well, Barrel have a free salad bar? Maybe it's a salad barrel. And you just, <laughs> just get a bowl and you scoop it in. Oh, we've got some croutons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> croutons oh, I've got some Thousand Island dressing in there. Yeah, that's merged with the potatoes. Uh, Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis's number one fan, uh, says Jurassic Express, Orange Cassidy, and Cracker Barrels. AW has got the sports base covered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Eric Jackson said freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy is over oh yeah it's so good it's such a good gimmick but it doesn't need it shouldn't be overexposed no Uh, Matthew Robinson again says I think it's better Jericho won to have a heel for everyone to chase the title yeah he definitely should have won also because he's Chris Jericho and the aim is to bring in those lapsed fans and he's a name uh, Zayad War War, sorry if I butchered that name. Uh, said watching your reaction to the Canadian story off the ladder was priceless. <laughs> Love you guys so much from Australia. Thank you so so Thank much. You from Swaft Under. Swaft Under. It was. Such a fun experience watching it live. I yeah. do love the live stream. Oh, it's brilliant! Yeah. And it, it's like it's we enjoyed the like because we started doing live streams at WrestleMania, and we enjoyed doing them so much. It's why we now do them three times, sometimes five times a week. Yeah. Because we just enjoy doing it so much. The live streams, but in particular, the, the reactions, yeah. uh, watching the, the pay-per-views, because it does feel like we're all watching it together. Yeah, it's great. It really is fun. Uh, the same super chatter again said, uh, Luke, do your Undertaker impression. <laughs> and shout out to my girlfriend, Wendy. Oh, Wendy. I hope you have a nice day. Can you say, <laughs> oh, Wendy. Wendy. You came and you... <laughs> you came and you found me a turkey on my weekend away from soul collecting. <laughs> uh, Ryan Agnella said uh, Happy Thanksgiving King Chopper Whopper Thanks uh, Chris uh, Bushing Chris Bushing Chris Yep Said thank you guys so much for the awesome consistent content My brother and I bond through your content from across the country Oh thank that's you very nice much. Yeah It's great uh, Aaron Donnelly said I hope Tully and Sean stick together Yeah I Yeah think definitely so. Yeah, yeah. I- Tully's so good. Tully's so good. And he elevates Sean so much that together as an act, like that's a solid mid-card, upper mid-act. Yeah. Who knows where it could go from here. I want Tully Blanchard around on every episode of TV. Yeah. He's been great, actually. The stuff they've done on Road to All Out, when they were waiting for Cody to sign the contract, Tully was the star of that. So, so good. He's just like, just calm down. He'll be here. This is, this is the match we want. And then when Cody just walked inside and walked back and Sean's going, he's like, no, no, we got what we came for. Yeah, yeah. We got, just calm down. We'll save it for all out. Oh, it's great. Uh, Sports Talk TV said, uh, these are the, the suggested ratings for AEW cool. shows. Elite, AEW-some, AEW right, uh, Casino, <laughs> Spooky Perverts. Spooky Perverts. That was, that was uh, JR calling the Dark Order match. He called them Spooky Perverts. <laughs> These goddamn <laughs> Spooky Perverts. Can you, yeah. can you copy and paste those? Because four of those are very good. <laughs> I like Elite. Yeah. That makes sense. I will copy and paste that into my Dark Up. Thank you very much, Sports Talk. Right. TV. Um, P. 
Peen Man said, uh, I hate to pile on Nyla Rose with the hate she gets from bigots, but she was really sloppy in the Battle Royal. I was wondering how you guys feel about her work. I actually really like her. I really like the way she works. I've, I never thought she's sloppy. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it is a bit sloppy, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you, you want, you want, you want to get behind progressive things and pushes, uh, but she's got a great look, and size-wise, it's going to be a, a cool dominant heel champion. Hopefully, as like a monster heel champion. But work rate-wise, from what I've seen, I don't think she's that good. But I, but that's where I call into question the term sloppy, because sloppy okay. to me would be like you could oh, like say, dangerous, like dangerous. Exactly. Right. That's where I would because I don't, I never like watched her in a match and think like I think people are in, in trouble with mm. her around. I don't think she's going to injure someone. So that's why that's where I'd take an issue with the term sloppy. But not not just okay. like she's not in the top five workers or top probably the top seven workers in the in the company in terms of their their women's division. But I wouldn't say she was sloppy. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I think sloppy can mean just not having something in snug enough, and mm. it doesn't have to mean dangerous. Uh, Amro said, uh, "What is the name of that Area Fifty One book?" Oh, I'll uh, I'll find it for you. <laughs> okay. Juan Martinez says, "Can you guys do a quick one-minute talk on Takeover Cardiff?" I haven't seen not. None of us have seen it. No, we were going to try and watch it after Royal Quest, but the network wasn't syncing up the audio and the video, and it was impossible to watch. So we have not seen it yet. But I've I've heard that Tyler Bate versus Walter was very good, which comes as no surprise uh, Mm -hmm. considering how good those two are. Um, So I'm going to try and watch it at some point this week. And also the um, the tag the tag match. Oh, the, that was very good, yeah. That, yeah, Kenny the, was raving about that. And Cesaro uh, Droganov. Okay. Area 51, an uncensored history of America's top secret military base, ridden and read by Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist Annie Jacobson. Oh, they were going to say Louis through for a second. <laughs> I think Louis' book's going up on there soon, though. Oh, cool. Uh, Justin Thomas said Outlaw Mod Show is modern indie. So that's a cornet thing, apparently. That's a cornetism. Oh, right, okay. There you go. Uh, Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis, number one fan, said, "Lovely time with the Brave Boys." <laughs> I think um, I think Cornet needs to come up with something that's a bit more concise. If you if you're gonna Cornet is many concise is not one of them. No, no, but if you're gonna try and get over this gimmick of being like, "Well, this is what I'm going to call this thing now," because I'm trying to put it down, you want to make it sound like it's. You want to find another way to say independent wrestling that's derogatory, as opposed to saying something that it's completely not, mm. because then you have to say that to people, and you're like, "No idea what you're talking about." And then you have to explain what it yeah. means so it doesn't work. Uh, Brahim said, uh, have you guys ever seen any friendly European badges? <laughs> Over to you guys. <laughs> uh, no, but there was a band that I used to gig <laughs> with called Zad who were very Primus-like. Like The lead singer was a huge Primus fan, huge Claire's Claypool fan. And they used to have a song that was called Boris Badger. Mm. And they used to have a mascot that was Boris Badger that was on stage with them and was on the top of their amps. And I still have that album. I don't know if they're... I wish they were on Spotify. I mean, in fact, I'll look into it, see that, ZAD. And Boris Badger's a great song. And uh, my wife hated them. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> when she heard Boris Badger, she was like, this is not a band. Yeah. Is, then I'm not taking this seriously. I do not like them at all. I've uh, I I I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't met any any badgers. My ex girlfriend hit one in the car once. <gasps> oh no! They're big. Wrote yeah. off the car. Whoa! I know. Yeah, the badger was also pretty ridden off as well. <laughs> yeah. Was it insured? The badger. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. Oh, thank God. 
Cyber Saiyan said, thoughts on Pharaoh freaking out at Cody's pyro, but yeah. you guys already spoke yeah, about that earlier. Uh, could have seen that coming from a million miles away. Yeah, it's not great. It doesn't, and like, I know you love your dog, but it doesn't need to be part of your act. It, it's not like the dog gets you more over. A horse did, though, for Paige. <laughs> well, that's different. It's a horse. Uh, and finally, uh, thank you to Fritz uh, for donating, but with no message. And that is all. Thank you very much, Jabba Whopper, and thank you very much to yes. everyone who uh, sent in your soup, soup, super chats. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.